Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as official Twitter for Noni Hazelhurst. Instagram at Real Noni Hazelhurst. See me in the play, Mother. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Noni freaking Hazelhurst. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Noni. How are you going? I'm really good, Mark. How are you? I'm wonderful in social settings. How do you introduce yourself? Uh, just Noni, usually. Mm. Um, it's a pretty recognisable name. It's not too many of you. There's a few more coming in. I remember uh, <laughs> once a play school mother wrote to me and said, we let our five-year-old name our new baby and she called it Noni, what does it mean? And I had to say, well, it actually means nothing. It's <laughs> short for Leone. But I said, we can call it Gift from God. <laughs> and she was happy with that. Another little child named their Chook Noni. So there's a few more Nonis coming into the We world. can call it Don't Let Your Kids Name Anything. That's right. The artist formerly known as. Yeah. <laughs> uh, given that you are such a recognisable face and name yeah. in Australia, do you have to introduce yourself often? Um, well, I do because people tend not to introduce themselves back. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel they know me because oh, I'm sort yeah. of like Auntie Noni, you know. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, hi, how are you Surrogate going? Surrogate Mother Noni. Yeah, yeah. And and they never offer their names unless I say I'm Noni. And they go, well, I know who you are. <laughs> and they go, and I go, and and you are? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a bit weird. But um, no, it's it, almost every day mm-hmm. someone recognises me from play school primarily. Because wow. I did it for 24 years. So it's like five yeah. generations it of five It wasn't five minutes, right? No, it wasn't five minutes. But it also, you haven't been on Play School for... Since 2002. Yeah, yeah, 14 years. Yeah, so the, those kids who watched me last are now mid-teenagers and, yeah. Old enough to have kids that might... Well, hopefully not, but yeah. Well, <laughs> There's many generations that have. Well, I was yeah. there. I'm the eldest of four kids, yep. so I saw more than my fair share of play school. Oh, yeah, you would have seen it for three generations almost, yes. And look, I, I can tell you as a, as a tween coming into teen, yeah. not so fascinating. Um, <laughs> but it's not for me, I, I understand No, that's that. right, it's specifically for preschool children. But, but a, a lot of older kids actually watch it when they're homesick. Mm. Oh, you know, yeah. the Familiar sort of comforting, stuff, yeah, yeah, like a as rice a, pudding. As a university student, however... Here it comes. Um, very fascinated by Play School. Not just the new episodes, of course, where we would see... Now, I will reveal my age and say that university for me was the early 90s. Yes. So, right in the back pocket of the stuff that you were doing. Yeah. Tom was still around. Yeah. I think Benita was still smashing it sure. as well. Um, Don, I don't think he'd retired. Don he Spencer, was still there. Russell Crowe's so, old father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. All, all of the guys, Philip right? Quast, George Stuttles. Yeah. Um, and I remember distinctly... This one day home from uni, avoiding study, turned on the telly, everything else was dry, play school was on. Mm. I said, I'll, I'll sit and watch this. Mm. And it was yourself and John Hamblin. Yep. And it was fun. It was kid, you know, kids doing kid things. And yeah. Oh, here it comes. All, all of this stuff. <laughs> Something's going to there, there was two things that jumped out. One was uh, uh, an interchange that you and John had, uh, telling a story, just doing a something. And he, in his usual fashion... Um, it was double entendre city. Absolutely. It was all over it. A little bit for the parents. Oh, a little bit, gosh. <laughs> and then there was this story where he was at dressing up in clothes to mm-hmm. go out. Mm-hmm. And his friend, he was going out with his friend. His friend would ring him up and say, we're going to go to the beach. Oh, yes, kept changing his mind. Yes, yes. Friend Different kept hat. changing his mind. It yes. 
a beautiful moment. And I was so glad that in the, the 50 Years of Play School special that aired this year, uh, just the hint of this, the very end of it, where John had changed clothes, his outfit, it'd be five or six times plus. And his friend rings, he's getting angry and angry with more intense with his friend. Uh, and, what do you want? Oh, we're not going there now. We're going somewhere else. What kind of friend are you? And hangs up. <laughs> That's him all over. Yeah. And, oh, it was so Hilarious. good. Because kids just would have been, well, yeah, now we've got to get changed again. Yes. That's really frustrating. Yes. I was in tears. Yeah, yeah. He was a genius at it. Absolutely you guys taught were a me gift. so much. He taught me so much about being, like I used to think when I first started, I thought he was a bit slack because he didn't necessarily <laughs> learn all the words and, you know, it's a, it was a 32-page script with no imagine. auto cue mm. and, you know, or he'd sing in the key of Z or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I would desperately try to overcompensate yeah. and be more kind of school mommy and, you know, mm. and then one day I watched it and he was, it was he and I and, and he was slightly behind me as he would be, <laughs> upstaging me to buggery. <laughs> and, but he was, all you could look at was him yeah, because he was completely in that moment. Yeah. And and I've what I learned from him was that if you're not absolutely engaged with one three year old or four year old who's watching you, one mm. child, that that if you're kind of going hello darling, mm. not interested, they yeah. will go oh there's an ant crawling up the wall yeah. and that's alive and it's happening, but if but if you can actually go hello to that child, mm. they go hello back, you know, yeah. interactive television. People who say television doesn't affect you, uh, either idiots or amen, mendacious. Yeah, yeah. I, and I can absolutely attest to that. I remember mm. seeing my baby sister, uh, the youngest of us, mm-hmm. play school's on after school. Like she's been with mum all day and now we're doing homework. She's sitting there watching play school. Mm. And it would be the hello at the, yep. just at the start. Yep. Answered back. Yeah, because I was talking directly to that person. Amazing. Yeah. And, I, and I've done you know quite a bit of work with kids who have been disadvantaged and mm. abused. And sometimes the play school presenters were the nicest adults in their lives. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. And and so, you know, to have a significant other in your life is so important. Yeah. Even through a vicarious medium like television, it's better than nothing, you know, to provide non-judgmental, mm. unconditional love, really, yeah. to that child. And, and also a lot of people learned English watching t- play school, which I found oh, really I terrific because yeah. it was everyday, simple, yep. achievable language, you know. So, I mean, it was, just meant so much to me, that, that role. It, I learned so much about communication yep. and about where I wanted my energy to go. Yes. Um, particularly as an advocate for little children because yep. I just don't, you know, people, if, if you're not used to little children or you're not in touch with little children, it's just kids. Kids are kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, a kids movie. No, it's not a kids movie. Is it a movie for under fives or is mm. it a movie for five to twelves? Very different, you know. Yes. We used to have this thing, if we heard a paper bag mask that we put on our head hmm. in play school, Every, even if they saw us drawing the mask, yep. cutting out the eyes and mouth, you put the paper, but every 20 seconds you had to lift that mask up and say, it's me. Yep, Because sure. they're so literal, you're gone. If you're yes. gone, you're gone. And all of a sudden, oh, it's a bloody monster. Yeah. You know, so it's taught me such a lot. It's great. There are more, there's more than one occasion when I could have traded you in, like traded mum in for you, <laughs> hands down. Those times when I got in trouble and Noni give it, never gets upset at me oh like this. Oh my God. Well, my, one of my sons used to say, I wonder what the nice mummy's doing. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, one who man. smiles all the time. And, and I realised that my oldest son, Charlie, God love him, when he was a little boy, he thought I did it just for him. I didn't realise he was sitting on, at grandma's one day, one day and his cousin who was a couple of years older, came and sat down next to him and play school was on and it was me. 
and he pushed her off the thing and said, that's my mummy. And I had to try and explain wow. to him that I did it for other children, not yeah. just for him. Yeah. That, that kids are the best. Don't they? they like, well, because they're themselves, because mm. they're real. Yeah. They're not they haven't layered the, with yeah, you know, the armor and stuff. Yet. Acceptability all... and pain and all the yeah. things we want to hide. They show their pain. Oh, I, I, I've got, uh, they're not, well, they're kids, but uh, 11. Eleven-year-old boy and a nine-year-old girl. Oh. They got their fair share of play school. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, I just, I just want to protect them. Yeah, like, they're such gentle souls. Oh. She's a monster. She's awesome. Mm. We, we were really concerned when she was born that we didn't want uh, a submissive, uh, wallflower girl. We want a strong, powerful, positive uh, human being. Woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we wanted our son to be. Um, empathetic and gentle, yep. and, and almost a good type, mix of both. male and female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of them. Uh, yep. We've got we've got it in in spades. That's great. She, I've already told my wife that we're my son and I are moving out when uh, our daughter gets a little bit older <laughs> and and starts becoming a woman because. It's bad enough now. It might be good. Might be a good move. Oh, it's not for her. It's the way they go together. Oh, I'll come back to burning rubble one day. I know. <laughs> it's going to be spectacular. <laughs> um, oh. Ninety. Play school's so formative for so many people, but that's not just you. Mm. As a performer, you years on the stage, years in front of television cameras. Mm. Um, we're lucky enough to speak today because the fact you're on the, the Place to Call Home promotional tour. For yes, season, season four, four, absolutely. Which I have to, I mentioned it before we started recording. I was cynical about Place to Call Home to start with when it was on seven and it got magically resurrected really out of in part demand from the fans. Mm-hmm. They got so hard behind it when Seven said, well, it's kind of not pushing buttons for us, we're done. Oh, that was because they thought it was skewing to an older demographic mm-hmm. and they still labour under the delusion that they're going to get young people back to free-to-air television. <laughs> Good luck with that. Maybe they'll catch up. Yeah, one day. The glacier moves on. Yeah. But, but full credit to Foxtel. Absolutely. For giving it the green light, saying, hey, well, we'll take it. You yeah. guys keep making it. Yeah. We'll keep putting it on air. Yeah. And it has grown into this... Incredible Phenomenon. period drama for yeah. Australia. It's it on really in 132 is. countries now. I think a lot of people were cynical about it when it was on Seven because they promoted it like a Mills and Boone novel, mm. and it the was Aussie never Downton that. Abbey, right? Yeah, they didn't know what to do with it. You no. know, it was it was um, a love story with an older woman and you know an old matriarch and yeah, gee, yeah. so you know it came across as just yet another soapy in, in period frocks, and I think the people who did persist with it. Mm. Appreci- you know, if it had been on the ABC, it would have gone gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. Well, it did. It was Australia's most watched drama in its first year. Yeah. But Seven decided it was too expensive and skewing to the wrong demographic. The the demographic that actually actually has money. Yeah, yeah. The people for the, willing to pay you know, for Foxtel lining up. Unbelievable. Anyway. How, how are you finding life in the, the well, the re-energised, newly invigorated head of the Bly family? Yeah. Oh, I love the character that I play. She's... um. So proper. Very much, yeah. Very much a woman of her time and her mm. environment. And she's about, well, she's my age in the 50s. So mm. she would have been married at about 17 mm. to a man who turned out to be gay, which she wouldn't have known anything about. Yep. Um, but she, as most women did in those days of our kind of people, um, white middle class people, she she decided to stick with the status quo, yep. support the husband, uh, be the very small fish, a big fish in a small pond of a country yeah. town. Yes. Um, and so she wants to preserve the status quo. She wants the, you know, she's very much a child of the English culture. Yes. Which so much of Australia was in the early 50s. The, the TV presenters spoke totally. with English accents. Yes, of course. 
Um, and, and so we were just starting to get the American influence at the end of the Second World War with the advent of television in 56. Mm. But until and, and the breaking down of the British Empire was the yeah, other yeah. part of it. America suddenly became the greatest nation <laughs> on earth. We saved the world. Um, so it was a real transitional time. And, and the character has gone through a similar... She's sort of a metaphor for me of that of mm. that time, you know, that changing of stripping away everything that you thought was all that mattered mm-hmm. and realising that actually what matters is open and honest communication yeah. instead of layering of secrets. And, and my mum had a lot of secrets. You know, yeah. she was an English woman and there was stuff about my mum's life that, you know, really big stuff that mm. happened to her that I didn't know about till after she died. Yep. But it was, there was shame or, there, you know, things we wouldn't think twice about talking about mm. today. Um, but, uh, you know, this character that I play has had to confront that she has been wrong, you know, that yeah. what she has done has been, albeit with good intention, it's been misplaced. Yep. And her kids don't need her or want her anymore, nor do her grandkids. So yeah. she's, she's got to redefine herself. Mm. And, and she is. And the connections and relationships that she shares with her family mm. are so strong because of the time. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that, you know, like you said, big fish in a small pond, there's yep. some money connected to the family. Uh, son is an eleva- in an elevated position Wealthy within the community. Wealthy pastoral family, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was still at that time where the community did look to the people that were, you know, in, in, in that position. Yeah, they were replicating the royal family, yeah. you know. It's kind of like How do we behave? What yes. do we do? How do we think etiquette. of this thing? Etiquette, etiquette, etiquette. Yeah. Uh, and it was so... Uh, the, the first episode, which starts is the 11th, I think it is. Yes. Of September on, on Foxtel. Yep. Is a great continuation of the story and the, the universe that we have there. And mm. right at a, a really critical time for Australia, like you're saying, post-World mm-hmm. War II, the, the scare of communism is floating. White Australia. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yep. And uh, aversion therapy for gay people. Yeah. And racism, pure and simple racism. You know, yep. just the fact that that the interloper into this community is a converted Jewish woman. Yeah. You know, it was not spoke. None of us knew Jewish people. You know, but Australians didn't... I, I didn't see an Indigenous person until I was about 17 or 18 because mm. they just didn't live where I lived, yep. you know. And, and that's a terrible ignorance that we have, you know, yep. and that's what led to the white Australia policy. Yeah. We thought everyone who was anyone was white. Yep. You know, and that the, the we we bought the myth of the British Empire that, you know, they'd saved all these poor black races, you know, who would yeah. have been stuffed with artists and all, you know. And the only way we saw them on TV mm. was, you know, in, in, not in character, but the, the old school... The archetype, the stereotype, yeah. like, you know, the, the blacks in American films. Yeah, there wasn't people reading the news and those sorts of well, things like the we have history. now. What history did we learn? Oh, they yeah. were there and we got rid of them. Well, now on to the real we, story. We found Australia. Yeah, Please. it's ridiculous. So it's really interesting to be... I think, you know how some psychologists have... Um, they get a lot of kids to let them know what's going on through sand play, mm. where kids can't actually talk about things. Yeah. And I think through things like A Place to Call Home, because our history now is... I mean, not, most people don't know any history. Mm. You know, they're not accessing it on their, on their devices. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I think it's really interesting for people to kind of look back and go, wow, that I didn't realise that people were still going through the same personal things, yep. but the way they handled it was really different. And... So indirectly, they can go, oh, look how racist they were. Oh, look how homophobic they were. Mm. But, it, but indirectly, you're going, have we come anywhere with that? Or 
you know, it's it's really yeah. a water cooler kind of show in that way that mm. people can go, oh, I had no idea they used to do that to poor gay people, you know, <laughs> and it's it's we really can, interesting. We can lean on the moment and say it was of the time because yes. it was. Of course it it's, was. Our, the, the We're all products of the times we grew up in. Yeah. The, the, the sin, I think, that leans on us now is that we know more and we're more conscious of the things that separate us and mm. the things that bring us together and it's how we differentiate and what we do about those things. And, uh, you know, I, I reflect it's the last day of, of August uh, 2016 and, and the second day of Parliament and they're hmm. talking about repealing, you know, legislation that means that people can say what they want and to hell with the consequences. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to be helpful well and it's not really something that we should be thinking about it's you know i just look forward to the day where equality isn't a thing yeah you know and feminism isn't a thing and racism isn't a thing because it doesn't exist anymore i mean all people doing a thing call me pollyanna but i i do (laughs) i do believe that we share more similarities than differences as people Mm -hmm. and that's why the arts i think are so crucial because they tell a human story yes and and they're more about the things that we share rather than the things that divide us or the consequences of divisiveness, mm. you know, is what the arts provide. And yet the arts are vilified and, you know, 20, 20 million a medal for the Olympics it cost us. And, yep. you know, um, you can't be a well-rounded individual if you don't love the arts as much as sport. I'm mm. sorry. It just, you know, can you deny that music doesn't move you? Can yeah. you deny that you can look at a painting sometimes and go, oh, wow, that's amazing? Yeah. You know, can you deny that a performance doesn't make you just feel essentially at peace or human mm. or communicated with? And how important is that? Yeah, we write it off these days as having feels. You know, those th- they're important, right? That the, the, these things that we experience will will generate and stir us in a way that we maybe haven't experienced. Well, they before. could if you were exposed to the best. Yeah. And what really gives me the screaming shits is when, you know, when I was a kid, we saw the best entertainers in the world yeah. on television any night of the week, yeah. whether it was an American variety show or an English variety show or on our own variety shows. Yeah, yeah. Now, what you're seeing is the people who think they're pretty bloody good and they're going to have a go. (laughs) There is nowhere for an international star to be on free-to-air television in this country unless you go on Sunrise. Yeah, not at night. There is nothing. So what our family viewers are exposed to on a nightly basis is wannabes. Mm. And so how do you know that music can move you? Mm. How do you know? You know, it's... If you're not looking for it, you don't know it's there. It's yeah. it's, it, And I think it's sort of a cultural drought yep. in a way. The fact that we talk about popular culture. Well, what's the other sort? <laughs> That's right. I prefer the unpopular culture often. Mm. You know, isn't it just the arts? Can't we talk about that without going, oh, intellectual left-wing wanker? Mm. You know, I, I just think people's lives are enriched by the arts and all experience that I've had attests to that and yeah. so do a heck of a lot of studies yeah. that show that music can help people and colours can help people and, you know, improvising and, mm. you know, it really is a very empowering thing to, to be exposed to good arts practices and I think the cuts to the arts are, you know, really causing us damage. Well, there's $160 million just kind of lying around waiting for a possible plebiscite that could be re jiggered somewhere else the right? film industry could use a bit of that yeah <laughs> i know it's don't even start me mm. don't even start me appalling just appalling well we, we also face at the same time with the parliament sitting down um 
the three big the three big media rules that everyone talks about, or that are, are certainly affecting the media these days: mm. the reach rule, the two thirds rule, and the anti siphoning list. Mm. Uh, and two of those bits of legislation, uh, Mitch Fifield, the the minister in charge, has said we're going to repeal them, which opens the way for some fairly significant business changes oh. in the face of Australian, you know, television, radio, yep. print, mm. but. None of that says, and great, by the way, we'll just invest more in Australian drama or invest more in comedy or invest more in, no. you know, the, the arts broadly. You know, it's... it's well, I think when, when George Brandis, the Attorney General and then Minister for the Arts, said publicly, you're allowed to be a bigot in this country, mm. he proved himself completely unworthy of the Ministry for the Arts. He doesn't know what the arts stand for, yeah. if he can say that. How is it all right to be a bigot? How did being a bigot ever advance the plot of history, ever? Yeah, um, I find that extraordinary. And the, and the other thing that worries me about this media reach stuff is the ABC is that the the barbs that have been thrown at the ABC yep. publicly by the current government really make me worry about the next budget because they're in current, constantly investigated and being accused of bias, mm. even though all the studies that have been done by independent people say no, it's not biased. Yep, and asking demanding that they be balanced. <laughs> Yeah. What about the rest of what's available? That's completely out of whack, but apparently that's okay. Yeah. It's a bit like saying you can't wear a burkini on the beach because oh. we want to see your naked body. Mm-hmm. What? I thought SunSmart was the way to go yeah. anyway. No, no, it's not. <laughs> a wide-ranging conversation. Oh, <laughs> we could very easily turn this into three hours with 90 minutes I know, sure. I do go on. Um, you, you spoke about some of that uh, and more. Mm. I felt incredibly passionately and, and bloody wonderfully you. Um, when you were inducted into the Logies Hall of Fame earlier this year. Yep. Such uh, a momentous occasion, if for no other reason, and this is, we talk about, you know, blights on our tele- television landscape, <laughs> the second ever woman mm. in, in her own right. There have been ladies included as a part of shows. Sure. Yeah. But Ruth Cracknell and yourself now are the mm. only two ladies in a mm. very long list of dudes. Yep. As... Um, people who are significant enough in television to be given yeah. this opportunity. Yeah. And I thought it was marvellous because that, that you shared what you did mm. when, when you spoke because there are, A, not enough opportunities for people to speak openly uh, about some of the things that you mentioned and, and just as freely with a huge televised audience for a woman who is as considered as yourself to say some of the things you did in the way that you did. It wasn't direct attacks on human beings. It was acknowledging that these are some of the things in our society that, that we, we need. need to address. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I, I don't think we've seen anybody do that in the last 10 years on television. Well, I think it, it, it was a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I only wrote the speech that morning. Get out of town. Well, I'd been mulling it for sure. weeks, you know, but I hadn't actually written anything down because that's I didn't... so eloquent, please. I just didn't know... Well, that's my business, you know. And, <laughs> sorry, but... You know. no, I, I just... It was... Yeah, yeah please. But no, it, it just... You know, I work well with a deadline, put it that way. <laughs> um, like, I was being picked up for rehearsal at 11 and I finished it at 10. Um, <laughs> but I thought this could kill the night stone motherless dead. Mm. You know, it would have only taken the five front tables of footy show and network executive <laughs> guys to all go, oh, here we go, for just all to die in the yeah. arse. So it was a risk. But I thought, I'm not going to get a public forum. I mean, I'm a 63-year-old actress. I'm not going to get a public forum like this, you know, where where people are pleasantly disposed towards me as opposed to, oh, you fat old bitch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so 
I just went with it. And I just, it was interesting because talk about balance. The, mm. the only, I got a couple of negative comments on social media. One, one person said, oh, I'm sick of intellectuals telling us what to think. Okay. And then, but the, the funny one was predictably some of the, what can I say, tabloid media. Yeah. Said things like, Noni savages television industry. Noni lashes out at peers. And I thought, A, what kind of a dickhead would I be to get up at the Logies and say, you're <laughs> all a bunch job. of bastards. See you later, yeah. Um, but secondly, they completely exemplified what I was saying, which is that you create combat where none exists. Yep. I was, I was not saying that at all. Mm. Nor was I saying we shouldn't watch the news, we should all be dumb and play Enid Blyton games. Mm. You know, but people hear what they want to hear or they judge, they think, oh, she must be asking for a return to the simpler time when she was young. No, no. I'm asking for people to be well-informed yeah. but balanced because yeah. you can't tell me that anxiety and depression and stress, which is just exponentially going nuts yeah. with the advent of this 24-7 availability, 24 availability of horrible, horrible news mm. about the human race. Yeah. It, you know, they're not connected? Come yeah. on. Of course they're connected. You know, it's out of balance. So, yeah. yeah, I just thought, well, let's, particularly on behalf of the little kids, can we just be a little bit conscious about, you know, do I really need to lie back at the dentist and look up and see Tony Abbott doing a press conference? No, I don't. Mm. Do I need to be in a, you know, on a street corner in the city seeing 70,000 people killed yeah. by rebel for... Uh, you know, if I want to find out about the news, I'll go and turn it on at my own pace when yeah. I want it. There are heaps of ways to get the news it. these days. Totally. Yeah. And But it's just ubiquitous and it's just too much. This is not how we're meant to live. Yeah. It. Uh, I, I wasn't in the room. I mm. was at home watching it like most of the people. Um, Where I would have been if I hadn't had to go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the feeling... I mean, it was... It was a pretty amazing Logies, given some of the other stuff that went on as well. Mm. You got a hell of a run up, by the way, too. That um, uh, the piece they put together showing highlights oh, of your career. Yeah, stuff I've forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. St- stuff, <laughs> and I'm sure that others had forgotten about as yeah, well. Yeah, sure, never that knew about. Could have gone on for much longer. <laughs> it was 11 minutes. I was so embarrassed. I thought it was going to be like the whole thing was going to be like eight minutes. And I'm, going, I'm backstage and I hadn't seen it and I, I could hardly hear it. I could just see some mm. of the images. I was going, this is interminable. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a five minute speech here. They're going to be getting the hook. Anyway, I spoke quite quickly. That <laughs> was all right. Oh, I thought it was a wonderful moment. But, thank you. But I think it's also, as you say, we're not used to seeing people speak from the heart on television mm. and we're used to 30 second grabs. I mean, for yep. me to have that much uninterrupted screen time for a start. Yeah. Politicians would kill for that amount of Bring time. Bring some you flags know. in, make it a presser. Absolutely, yeah. you know. So it was a it was a really interesting moment, I think. And a lot of people went, "Oh, thank, as people do when you share stuff from the heart." Yeah. They went, "Oh, thank God, someone said it." Yeah, that makes sense. Or yeah, that could be interesting to think about. You know, and that's well, we have the opportunity for so many people these days that we see. Uh, profiled on the news and doing those sorts of things, usually they're nine times out of ten giving us the counterpoint arguments because it's radical, because it's different, because they've made a scene at a thing or because they're a politician and they want votes and yeah. and they're trying to attract an element that would be brought to that and so on and so well, forth. it's fun. Totally. Uh, we rarely get the longer form counterpoint. There's no... 
we'd rarely get long form anything. You know, I mean, a five minute segment, they'll do a five minute segment on a current affairs show mm. about homophobia. Well, I'm sorry, it's not a five minute issue, no. you know, or someone being racially insulted, you know, the the barest skimming of the surface is what we've Mm. come used to now, hence the shortening of attention spans and all those things, you know. In the midst of all of this business and then the fact that you're a very loving mum and life life is everything busy, where do you find your peace? Um... I find my peace in cooking mm-hmm. and eating. We can have a reality show for you any day now. Yeah, I've had one of those. <laughs> um, I love my garden. I love to be surrounded by nature. Mm-hmm. I find cities, I'm through the city phase of my life, well yeah. and truly. Um, nice to visit. <laughs> um, peace, music, making music, listening to music. Yeah. Uh, just really quiet, dull things, you know, ordinary everyday things that, well, they're not dull to me, but. They're not exciting. Um, mm. And, yeah, just good communication. That's where I find my peace. Yeah. So where do you find the line between public and private? Because you live a mm. televised public life. Mm. Private, is it just, you know, home, let's dig in the garden, do those things? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, it's... it's. Uh, my mother always said, having been a vaudevillian herself, I'm a fourth-generation performer... She'd say, don't ever complain about the people who come and want to talk to you because it's when they stop coming that you've got to worry. Gosh, yeah. So, and I think, again, through play school, I've I've managed to, I mean, obviously no one ever sees Noni unplugged other than Noni. Mm. You know, we all have a role that we play in any given circumstance. But I think I've learnt, to me, acting is easy, being is hard. Yeah. You know, anyone, any one of us can play a role, successfully or not. Mm. Um, but to actually just be and say what you feel and think at the time, obviously with respect and with thought mm. and care. Yeah. Um, so I've been lucky enough to, to get to that age and that point, I guess, and with the lessons that I've learnt through communication that I can almost be myself in most situations, public or private. Yeah, um, but certainly, yeah. If I don't want to be talked to, uh, you know, if I want to go around the supermarket in the tracky dacks and the, you know, the daggy mm. top, um, which anyone who knows me knows is fairly. <laughs> that's pretty much me. I'm sitting here with this full makeup on today with you, Steve, because we've got to do appearances and press stuff, and it it takes a village. It really does. You know? <laughs> People go, "Oh, you look so good," and I go, it "Took a village." Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, look, I just keep my head down and I don't wear makeup. The minute I put makeup on and look a bit well done, people go, oh, Noni. So, yeah, or they'll say, oh, I saw you at the supermarket. You look really grumpy, so I didn't say anything to you. So. <laughs> but, you know, I am, I am grateful. I was picking out pasta. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I love it when they say, you're about to take a mouthful of food, and they go, I wouldn't dream of interrupting your lunch. Mm. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> Good, <Thanks>. don't then. <laughs> it's... it's uh... Yeah, reflecting on what your mum said, it, it is a mm. bit of that that you know blessing and curse mm. that people are going to recognise me and 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 I don't know. I think that your experience, I'm sure, is, is is valuable in this. Fans in an Australian context tend to be reasonably standoffish, mm. as opposed to the, the American fan mm-hmm. who is right. Hey, you're such and such. Yep. Hey, can I get a photo? Blah yep. blah blah. Yeah. Entitled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While 
there as is John a, Lennon learned to oh, his disadvantage, yes, yes Karen. <laughs> While um, there's that element of, I would hate to interrupt, but mm, mm. I have seen a lot of people uh, around people like yourself mm. be really standoffish and they're waiting for the first person to bust through that dam. Yeah. And then it just all happens. It doesn't happen so much with me because of play school. Mm. You know, like I've, I've seen that happen that, that it's just Noni, you know, and mm. I love that. It's just uh, Noni. Well, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's not someone you need to be frightened of yeah. or in awe of. It's someone that is in your lounge room, you know, all the time. <laughs> thanks, thanks, folks. Um, she just can't see the mess. Yeah, but people, you know, they, but, but that also has a downside. In uh, We used to live in the Blue Mountains when the boys were little and we mm. go to the Lawson pool, yep. public pool, and... And I'd see these parents lying back on their towels, putting block out on, going, there's Noni from play school over there. Go and play with her. So these kids would be elbowing my kids out of the way. <laughs> you know, Noni, Noni, Noni. So, yeah, there can be. On the guy that once pulled up on the side of the road and I was walking along and he went, come and say hello to the kids. And I went, oh, nothing would give me greater pleasure. <laughs> yeah, so they're not always standoffish. But I, I like the fact that they just go, oh, yeah, they know me. What one thing would you change about your life today? Uh, I wish I'd been able to sustain a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's the main thing that I regret. Yes. That I didn't have that. Um, but other than that, you know, I've learnt so much from the mistakes that I've made. <laughs> You'd think Amen. I'd stop making them, wouldn't you, really? <laughs> no, that's overrated. Make it again and yeah, again and again. Yeah, I know, until I get the message. Particularly when it comes to love. Oh, love. I think we have to make mistakes because without those mistakes in love, yeah. we, A, don't fully appreciate what love is yes. and how to be better about sharing it and caring for it. Yeah, and look, I grew up a child of my time, you know, I... I had drawn my bridesmaids' dresses and my bride's dress yes. from the age of about 11. Mm. I designed my dream home. I had Great. all the little furniture in it. Had I thought about the sort of man I might like? No. Nah. He'll come along. Nah. Yeah, the prince will ride <laughs> in on the white charger. Yeah, right. So, you know, it was, uh, that was a big eye-opener. Mm. Mm. But that's, that's my only wish. And never too late. Yeah, at least I don't have to keep it going for 50 years now because I'm 63. So. <laughs> Just get a disposable toy boy. You'll be That's, fine. Oh, God. <laughs> you want to get tongues wagging. <laughs> um, the, the new series of A Place to Call Home, well, not even the new series, the series, yes. has an incredible cast attached to it as far as yes. Australian acting talent, that some of which... Uh, Wonderful hands. People as yourself, add in uh, Brett Klimo, mm. um, Marta Dusseldorp, and then and then and then. Mm. But I think the thing that entranced me was that the younger cast, because we need people to play the grandkids. Absolutely. And, and like as in adult grandkids. Yeah, it's generational, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some of them can act out of their Absolutely everything's. wonderful. Yeah, they're terrific. I um, was very pleased to see uh, this season that Brenna Harding has joined the cast. Yes, she's That great. girl can act. She's terrific. She's wow. really terrific, yeah. She, her, her role does increase uh, through this season, which I can't tell you too much about. But, yeah, she's, she's lovely. And, and one of the joys of being sort of the matriarch mm. is that, you know, it's, it's always felt like something I'd like to be. I, I want to work in a situation where everyone feels safe. Sure. 
and safe to experiment, safe to try things, safe to say if it's not working, yep. but not intimidated. Because mm-hmm. when I was a young actress, I just thought... I remember once they sprayed dulling spray on my head because my hair was so blonde, it was shining. So instead of adjusting the lights... Just wait for that car to go past. Instead of adjusting the lights, they sprayed dulling spray on my head. And I, and I went, oh, sorry, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just don't know what you yeah. can ask for. So I've, I've really tried to create that family feeling with the mm. guys and it's been really good. It's been really good. But it's not just the acting talent. I mean, we are so blessed with the heads of department. The cinematography is stunning. It looks amazing. It l- always looks good on screen. Art department costume department they're top of their game you know and they're in, in international demand all these people so and how good are the houses that you found just yeah i know beautiful looks beautiful of the era because those places mm. still exist oh and totally obviously lovingly cared for by their owners let yes. alone what the crew come in and then do to yes help pretty it and make all of the nice absolutely. things absolutely yeah um it is a great tale what well, they've please. spent some money on it and that shows that's yeah. on the screen it's a rarity it is you Australian can't compete drama. in the world though if you don't no, we need to pour some. And this is the thing. I think we bat. Way people that listen to the weight. podcast will know mm. we bat well above our weight internationally yep. as far as the quality and caliber of drama that we put out yep. on an international stage. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that become really serious. Well, we are, but I think culturally we've always only admired the people who've made it overseas. Yeah, you know, no, well, you're right. We, we, yeah. we look back as, oh, they're the real stars, you know, mm. they've really made it overseas. And and anyone in the business knows it's fifty percent luck. You know, you're mm. in the right film at the right time that's seen by the right person, yep. and you get catapulted. But yeah. at any given time, ninety percent of actors are out of work. Hugh Jackman so, would be a massive star in his own right, anyway. Yeah, but I don't think he would have the cultural touch points he has now, were it not for a X Men character that he absolutely yeah. has enveloped. Right place, right time. Yeah. It is fifty percent luck. I'm telling you, really. Well, as is most things in life really you know (laughs) there but by the grace of god go all of it so it's it's um and i don't mean that in a religious sense um but yeah i've I've been really lucky i Mm. think it's it's uh to to work on something like this is just a a total blessing yeah because you know they're complex characters they're not two-dimensional characters and the writing reflects that yeah we see that in the performances because you guys are given the words on the page Mm. the construct and that uh, something else I said before, um, the, the, the two seasons, well, the season and the season we're about to get yep. on Foxtel, since it's come to Foxtel, I think has really opened a great door for the entire production yeah. as far as not only new life but uh, a deeper experience and reflection of life. And darker. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think, yes, there's much more freedom um, doing it for Foxtel than there is for a commercial free-to-air network because, you know, they have constraints that they mm. stick by and rules that they want you to follow. And, I mean, one of the things that I always thought was really weird was that they wouldn't let any of the characters smoke mm. in the first two seasons, which... Nobody smoked in the 50s, no? Come on. Oh, hello. You know, and, and I just <laughs> said, well, surely, you know, as I said to you before, people didn't watch Mad Men and go, oh, smoking looks like fun. <laughs> That's right. I might get a pack this You know, I mean, it, yeah. So I, I just thought that was really... Well, it was anachronistic. You know, it wasn't true to the period. Yeah. It just was not true to the period. So I thought that was a shame. But now we're free. Mm, very free. People are fagging away all over the place. Yeah, in more than one <laughs> sense. Um, what can people expect from season four of A Place to Call Home? What can we say? Well, I've seen the first episode. You've seen the whole thing. You're in it. But what can people be looking forward to from the season? Well, I think... In, um, I can't, obviously can't say much. But I, sure. Because they'll kill me. But it, it, No one listens, Noni. Okay, it's cool. Fine. Excellent. Uh, look, there's a, there's a real evolution in, in the characters. Yep. 
And I love that. I love that they're not just these simplistic archetypes that keep doing the same thing. Mm. Um, you know, shit happens to them. Yep. They create shit, um, as we all do. You know, that I think for all of the characters, there's a, there's a real turning point in this season because the period is changing, the American influence is coming in, yep. television's coming in, all that stuff. Um, but And politics is coming into it a bit. Mm. Um, so it's kind of... It's again that metaphor for Australia that we we're coming into the light, you know, coming yep. crawling out of the down under swamp and starting to see the the wider world and yeah. think about women's achievements and the rights of men and indigenous. You know, there's a lot of issues brought up here. Returned servicemen's trauma and that yeah. sort of stuff. So there's a lot of social issues which um, impact on the characters, but. Uh, you know, I can't say that what's going to happen, but there's a few new characters who come in and create change, as you would expect. Yes. But still, it's very true to the central family theme yeah. about love, basically. Yeah. And there's not a story in the world that's not about love at base. And sprinkle in a you know a nice little murder possibly in the middle of it doesn't hurt well, either. As I said, shit happens. You know? Yeah, yeah. Straight <laughs> sister. Just yeah, you'll see it in the first episode. Um, Noni Hazelhurst, I am. Truly thankful for the opportunity to speak with you. I've got a couple more questions. Go for it. If that's okay. Yeah. Um, I hate a chat, as you probably worked out. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Noni, what makes you smile? Oh. Um, oh, gosh. Anything from kittens <laughs> to... Um, Welcome to the internet, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. To when my sons tell me something that they've done that they're proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the fact that my sons have survived me, I think, is something that makes me smile. Um, look, I smile pretty easily. I, I, anything that's good news makes me smile. Yeah. You know, um, seeing a beautiful bird yep. in the trees, smelling a beautiful flower, you know, really mm. simple stuff. Um, cynicism makes me smile too. You know, there's the other side that's not Pollyanna. But, mm. uh, Signing a new contract hard makes you smile. Oh, God, having a job <laughs> makes me absolutely <laughs> celebratory. <laughs> wow, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, look, we're so lucky, you mm. know. How could you not smile? Mm. And as I said, shit does happen, but you still might see an incredible parrot. And to me that's yep. life-affirming, you know, and I feel so sad that... So many people are finding it really hard to climb out of their, their despair. Yep. Because it's it's there for all of us, but it doesn't have to kill you. No. Absolutely. Mm. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? <laughs> well, I'm going to um, finish touring a one-woman play that was written for me by a wonderful writer called Daniel Keane mm-hmm. called Mother which is about a homeless alcoholic, so no acting required. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm only joking. Um, I would love to be able to, and I haven't had a chance to do it since the Logies because I've been filming, Um, I'd love to pursue this idea of a network, a channel rather, that has 24-7 uplifting stuff, Mm. you know, life-affirming human stories, some of the best entertainment that was ever made, Yep. Just stuff that you could watch that you just know is going to make you feel better. Yeah, that's really my aim to to give that. You know, it's I think, and it's for adults and kids. It's not. Yeah, you know, might even have a bit of meditation first thing in the morning. You know, just stuff that we know mm. makes people feel better about being alive. Yeah, that's what I want. 
Hey, Noni. Hey. Thank you so much My for the chance sir. to speak with you today. Please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks so much. It was lovely to meet you. Oh, and wow. Please. Uh, you, not me. You are... And welcome to the world of tweeting, by the way. Yeah, hello. The occasional tweeter, I don't mind it. Very occasional. Um, are there other social media things or, or websites or stuff you would have people know about that you want them to see? Oh, my God. Um, I want you to listen to my son Charlie's podcasts, mm-hmm. The Charlie Royal Treatment. Excellent. Um, Thanks, Mum. Yeah, to my younger son William's band, Storm the Sky, mm-hmm. which has just finished a tour with Pierce the Veil and oh, about right. to do a tour with Used. Nice. And they've just released their second album, which has sold more in a month than their first album sold in a year. It's called Sin Will Find You. That's brilliant. And it's absolutely extraordinary. Um, Charlie's podcasts are hilarious mm-hmm. uh, and very <laughs> weird. Um yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. This has been Humans of Twitter, <laughs> and I can confirm that at real Noni H is indeed human. <laughs> Sometimes.